This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. And, and I'm not taking a stab at you, bitch. I'm not. Okay. I feel like the tone, I feel like I used to be the chippy, slightly mean, slightly like playfully, <laughs> <laughs> playfully mean part of the duo, but all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not taking a stab at you, mm. but... Usually, you begin episodes mm. with a, a little... Just some, some fire. Just, I just I a little bit of fire. Gems. Just something. Just a, you know, it's not, it's not exactly... Fi- like, what's the word for filler that, like, is really entertaining? Killer. <laughs> Pooch. So that's usually what happens. But this is going to be a weird episode. Yes, and, for a number of reasons. And... Art has to change. And I'm not like, when I say art, like I'm not being like, we're art, Spooko is art, and well, I am, but I'm not in that way where it's like, it's held on this high capital A art. I just mean like, it's a creative pursuit we make for the sake of expressing something. I don't want to get into this is art or not art, but this is art. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a number of, like, there's a number of reasons to distinguish it. Like, oh, maybe, 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 maybe it's not. Like, to me, the line is not necessarily, like, commercial or not commercial. The line's not necessarily, is it for yourself or others? The line is, is it art or craft, right? And I actually find intellectual property law really useful for thinking about this. Craft is about how a product looks. So, it's like how a chair appears. I say that's craft. How a beautiful piece of wrought iron gates are made that's protected by design, much the same way a chair would be protected by design. And I have no difficulty in saying you might be visited by the muse and spend your life refining your ability to make all sorts of beautiful chairs, all sorts of beautiful wrought iron gates. And the protection you would enjoy in respect of that in the main would be registering those as a design. And so I tend to think of craft as having either an ornamental or a genuinely functional role to play. Whereas art, I sort of extract from that and say it is something that would be protected by copyright, Um, you you know, and not everything protected by copyright is art, but art is something that in the main would be protected by copyright. And that is going to be an act of creativity that goes beyond the mere presentation of a product for the marketplace. It goes into a place of creativity where it is a work that steps outside the bounds that I say craft remains within. So within this court of law, we've just proven that Spooko is art. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Tick. Like one of those I don't like, know Spooko, but I know it when I see it. Like one of those like hilarious Christian movies where they like use like science against them to prove that God exists. And the scientists at the end are always like, damn it! How did you prove? My God, science wasn't as loving and all powerful as your God, the one and true God. Like it, 
Yeah, but, but it's so, like, like <laughs> even even hypothetically, like all the proofs of God that I've seen are like, see, your faith proves that God exists. And it's like, if I had faith, yes, I would definitely believe that God exists. But if God existed and intended that I believe in them, they would have made me believe in them. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the. I can't really get past that on its on its surface. Yes, yes, and and, and the other argument is often: look at a flower. How beautiful is a flower? Mm, could have been exists. intelligent design. <laughs> Couldn't have been evolution. No evolution could be intelligent enough to design that flower. No, it's too beautiful. Beautiful things. Well, uh, like I once worked at a business that had a prominent Catholic client base and we went to like the fucking like Catholic conference where you'd have a stall being like, hey, Catholics, come and use our shit. And I was opposite a like intelligent design crazy mad person, right? Yeah. And so because I got friends on both sides of the aisle or because I used to before I turned into such a fucking firebrand, I, I had lots of chats with this dude about like, and this was in the intelligent design period. Intelligent design discourse, I think, has fallen away more or less. Yeah, we don't, we don't hear about it that much anymore. But as you'll remember, the argument essentially is stuff's so amazing, God must have made it, not evolution. Or put, put another way that's perhaps slightly more fair. Well, no, no, no. It's stuff. The the stuff in the world would be protected by copyright and thus <laughs> not designed. <laughs> and thus there must be an artist behind it all. Exactly right. And so the most rigorous argument for intelligent design is look, this kind of microbe uh, has this kind of swishy tail, and there's no evolutionary step that goes from no tail to swishy tail mm-hmm. that can adequately explain how this microbe came to be in this particular form, which means that because evolution cannot explain how this microbe came to exist, the only other possibility is that magical God just whooshed it up in their head and willed it into existence. And that's essentially the argument of like you go and try to find little things that evolution can't explain and go, intelligent design. <laughs> and, and but, but you brush over all the things that evolution Yeah, you're like, oh, explain. that well, that's also intelligent design, <laughs> but just also happens to fit into evolution too. But this stuff really is intelligent design because, like, because intelligent design can explain every single thing. Yeah, yeah. And evolution can explain... You know, on their view, evolution only explains 99% of things. So that 1% means it's intelligent. But then the only problem with intelligent design is like if things that are amazing and can't be explained by evolution have to be created by creator, well, then who created the creator? Ah. <laughs> they always were and always <laughs> But the, like that's also the problem of like how intelligent is the intelligent designer? to design this degree of complexity of life. It's like super duper, super <laughs> intelligent, <laughs> but also sort of weirdly spiteful and just, you know, with strange little <laughs> hobbies and fetishes as well that seem to be unexplained by the theory of intelligence. So anyway, so again. So and evolution because- is just a theory, Shag. They call it, you know, like those scientists won't <laughs> tell you that it's actually the theory of evolution. So science can't even prove stuff. Even science is just theory. And, and look, and it, and, it, and it actually is, but something being a theory doesn't then prove your belief. Yeah, like just because something, it's like, faith. well, if it's a theory. Faith, so faith trumps theory. Faith trumps theory. It's the scissor paper rock. But look, speaking of art, speaking of evolution, mm. things change. And I'm not saying 
that this is the new direction for Spooko. What I am saying is we're in this weird place yep. where you have become very cocky. You know, you have, yeah. you've had some time on your hands as well and you've watched a few horror movies. And then last week we were on our writing camp, which we've got to stop calling a writing. It was a recording camp. We recorded creativity a Creativity camp? It was a creativity camp. I love that. It was an intelligent design <laughs> camp. <laughs> it was an intelligent design camp where we just recorded a lot of stuff. We had a bath, went to an onsen. Ooh, yeah. We went to an onsen. That was actually We amazing. created some healthy skin. We, yeah, we, we did actually. We're both glowing. It's great. So you had this thought. It's like, we're to, you know, it's rare that we would have like a creativity weekend like this. Maybe we should watch a horror film together. We asked you for some suggestions on social. We got heaps back. And one of them was a film that I've wanted to cover for quite a while. Everyone's loving our Instagram stories as well. Please, like, it's so great to get all the praise coming in. If you haven't been and visited, like, I'll set up the highlights. Everyone's just loving the volume of Instagram stories. Uh, yeah, look, I, so, so part, like, this is, this is something we talked, we've talked about before. But, like, I, it's probably something in, me where i'm like i just don't want to be a bother to people like i'm so worried about being an imposition and the idea that spooko would go from being like oh it's a fun podcast i listen to to be like oh my god 20 stories from spooko can you just leave it's like freaks me out just don't look at them (laughs) (laughs) and no one like anyone listening this far in this episode would fucking love them in any case (laughs) so so anyway, so, so lots of responses. One of the films was a film I've wanted to cover for a while because as I mentioned before, I yes. thought like it just seemed like, a, like even the title, mm. and now I understand the title a bit better, but everything about it seemed a little bit chat GPT version yes. of a horror film. And yet all of these podcasts I respect had covered it. All of these horror accounts I follow were talking about it. And I'd also heard it was really scary and I'm like, see, mm. okay, this is, this is going to be a fun time. So today, Peach, even though you know exactly what we're talking about because you were there yes. when we watched the film together on a TV screen, but in a minimized window. So there was a so we were watching on a TV screen, but a minimized window on a desktop. So you could still see files around it. So it didn't feel too... I just wanted to... Yeah, I didn't want it to be too immersive. Today, Pete, we're watching a film that we watched together called Hell House LLC. What happened that night at the Abaddon Hotel? What is that? It's everything. Sarah, have you watched those? No. So you have no idea what's on them. How beautiful is this? Hell House. Look, 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 there it is, there it is, there it is. Here we go. What was that? I don't know. You have heard the rumors about this. There are no rumors about this place. No rumors. We talked about this. It's supposed to be haunted. All right, dude, lock me in. It was when we started sleeping there that things started to change. have to call it off right now. We have no business being here. Alex is more confident than ever. I think we're next. Go back up, go back up! Ah! 
In fact, no matter how much things change, some things stay the same. Resh's what's up? I've got a Resh's long neck, so Shag, even though I'm watching the horror films, I'm still down for the old beach heads. I've had my tea, uh, and now we're ready to have a chat about horror. Hell, ha- fucking Hell House, LLC. Now, before I watched this film, I had no idea what LLC meant, and someone commented, as, as a witty aside, that it stood for lethal lurking clowns. But, of course, that's not true. What does LLC actually stand for? Limited Liability Company. And I'm like... So, so what is, what's the difference between like Hell House, PTY, LTD, or even Hell House Incorporated? Uh, Hell House, PTY, LTD would likely have been incorporated in Australia or England or a system that uses a similar uh, <laughs> okay, system right, right. Yep. because PTY, LTD stands for Proprietary Limited. And so a limited liability company and a company that is something proprietary limited are, are, limited are monstrously similar and on one view- Utterly identical concepts. And if I can just take you through it, right? <laughs> I'm so delighted that like corporate law and Spooko have crossed over. We have a company, right, Shag? Mm-hmm. And a company is a, a company like Hell House LLC. Yes. It's a bullshit made up thing that lawyers and Hang on, hang on. It, expand on that. So a company Oh, you're right, because a company doesn't exist. A company is not like an intelligent designer <laughs> did not create company. That's right. Yeah. And so it's sort of a legal fiction in a way, that yep. it's created. And it becomes a legal entity, a thing in and of itself that can own property, that can commit crimes, that can, you know, own land, that can be a landlord, that can be a tenant, that mm-hmm. can do all the things natural people can do, but touch and feel. And so perhaps the next uh, entry in the Spooko <laughs> Studios will be a company gone wild. A company, <laughs> a company that learns how to love. Okay. Yeah, amazing. Um, and so what you do with this company is... Um, there are shareholders in it. There are owners of it. You slice it up into little bits, or it may just be one bit, but, but vastly more often it's little bits, and you have people who own those shares, own those slices of the company. You have shareholders. And those shareholders who own little bits of the company will likely have paid some money. Let's say uh, it's a company worth $100. You and I have each paid $50. And our liability is limited, right? So if Shag owns $50 worth of shares in Spooko PTY Limited, and Peach owns $50 worth of shares in Spooko PTY Limited, and Spooko PTY Limited borrows a million bucks and doesn't pay it, and the bank comes and pursues Spooko PTY Limited, Shag's liability as shareholder and Peach's liability as shareholder is limited. Ah, so to up- To the amount we paid for our shares. Right. So so the bank can't be like, well, Peach is dead. What if if you die though? can I- I I think I can answer any okay. questions by giving you the counterexample of a partnership. Yeah, okay. So if you and I had entered into the more basic and traditional forms of a partnership, the bank that the partnership trading under the business name Imagine of Imagine if Spooko, we borrowed a million dollars. What would we do? Well, Spooko a- borrowed it. We didn't do shit. <laughs> and that's like the LLC point, right? I was like, I didn't do shit. You, right, know, you okay. can go sue Spooko if you want. Yeah. I don't know how much money it's got. You can go ask Spooko. I don't. It's not, it doesn't sound like my problem. And that's and like, and that's, and that's and that's the sort of situation. So, we find so that's to. why it's called Hell House LLC. So it's about a company, which I think is an interesting name for a horror film. But what I think, I mean, I guess the fact that it's a business kind of comes up, but it's not a big part of the film. I slightly disagree or sort of add a gloss to that yeah. to say that I really think there's a big startup-y 
charismatic mm. founder Silicon Valley kind of energy to it. Yeah, of, yeah, I get that. Of a like, hey, come along with my idea. I know it might seem a bit weird and wacky. Um, come along with me. As well as the very Gary Vaynerchuk flavored document don't create of like, hey, we're doing something important here. Document it, record it to make some content or for us to learn from. So I, I sort of get the use of LLC suggests shareholdings to me, which sort of means that, you know, a few of the characters we presume own shares in Hell House LLC, and there might be arguments between them. Who knows? We might get to it as the movie progresses. And like shareholder disputes is essentially a huge, huge part of my work where owners of a company have disputes about what the company is going to do. And it's stunning that like there's a whisper of shareholder dispute stuff in this film, the first horror film you and I have ever seen together. But the LLC to me also um, communicates the potential of going to an IPO, which is going public on the stock exchange where, you know, that classic Silicon Valley model of like, we're working in our garage and we came up with the hell house concept. And now we're going to be billionaires because we're going to float it on the stock exchange. So LLC to me, I found quite evocative of that sort of startup energy, founder energy, Silicon Valley dickhead energy i reckon that is potentially the first person who's had that reading of that film which i enjoy enjoy. so because the film industry i think is run by llc's and fuck shit you're already look at me just dropping dropping the lingo let's go and it is a business it is it is often the antithesis of art get this this is this is how this film came to be it was released at the end of 2015 yes in 2011 the film's executive producers asked for a script revolving around a haunted attraction gone wrong. Absolutely. So some exactly some fat cat's like, uh, oh, bring me a script about like like what the fuck? How does that even work? What? Like I mean to me, of course the contemporary version of some fat cats typed a prompt. Um yeah. like essentially. But it's kind of weird how it's like, oh like we we need this. Somebody and like the fact that it's like it gets made four years later. So it's not even a like timed thing. It's like who, who's got who's got a script for me? Yeah, anyone's uh, there's any scripts about a haunted house? That, <laughs> like a weird startup dispute, like running through it. And what's cool about it is they had a script locked in by late 2013, but they were trying to find a location, and they were looking for old hotels, and they couldn't find one, and so they decided to look for actual haunted location. I'm gonna take a dunk on lots of stuff in this shit mm. movie. But I do think the location they found is absolutely oh, brilliant. I I agree in the sense that I don't think this film was very scary. I I think some of the jump scares were okay, but they were sort of they were telegraphed too much. Mm. I do think as well that it was too heavily influenced by Blair Witch oh, Project. Blair Witch, yeah. You know, staring to the standing, at the wall. yeah, stand, person standing in the corner staring at the wall. I've seen like six horror films and I've seen they've been like, Shag, I think we're like five seconds from a jump scare. Um, the only genuine scary bit like we'll get to, but that was the contact lenses sort of moment. But I do love the concept. And so I've got to thank the producers for that because that it was their <laughs> They're idea. They're like, yeah, everyone else did. <laughs> so you liked our bit. Yeah, that's so cool. So the executive producers had an idea for a haunted horror attraction, which is a great idea. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And also I like, let's throw a fucking startup founder energy on that. as well. Like, I like that as well. And we don't know who came up with that. No. Like, we don't. The executive producers <laughs> asked someone does. to come up with it and they did. Now, luckily you saw this movie too because this is an incredibly short Wikipedia synopsis and it's always hard to do found footage 
In Wikipedia synopsis. In defense of the length of this Wikipedia synopsis, mm-hmm. I complained at length during the film that I was like, when does this start? Like, what's actually happened? What have we actually learned? So- That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think it's something we uncovered while watching this mm. is mockumentaries or faux documentaries have to do more than just document an event that happened. Yes. Have to characterize the characters. So characters have to have dialogue that's like, well, when I was doing my day job, which is this, because yeah. I'm this sort of a character, I happened to see this event happen. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I can't believe we're doing a hell house <laughs> set up. We've, hopefully we'll get it done in time for Halloween. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any shit. <laughs> Hope this house isn't haunted because we've got 30 days <laughs> to do our startup haunted house thing. And not, not to get into the absolute fundamental problem of the entire project, but th- this film loses grip on what it is. Like, we don't even oh, know. Well, yes, yes. Like, well, perhaps we'll get to that. We will end. get to this at the end. This is, it's really important. <laughs> yeah. what, it's, it's, it's so, so, so important to get to this. Yes, okay, we will. So, the film is presented as a documentary investigating a tragic, unexplained accident at a haunted house wrong so like i'm gonna come back to why that's yes, wrong yes yes we can come back to that we can come that. let's come back to that because i think yeah. that's perhaps the most stunning reveal yes of this episode and this film yes agreed apart from the startup founder llc so the titular company opened their last attraction in an abandoned hotel i think it's the abaddon hotel in Rockland County, yep. New York. I don't. It is. It is a bad one. We mentioned the demon. That's the ga- the guard of the gate of hell. So New York is the st- like that's where New York City is, right? And there's like I actually don't know. Like I assume everyone who listens to this is American. Everyone, you already know where it is. Yeah, you know. Okay, yeah, I don't need to explain. Like what It'll am I doing? It's like oh, it's in District of Columbia. Yeah. If we were talking about Newcastle in Australia, we'd be able to be like, here's exactly where yeah. Newcastle is. What up? Come find us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So. On its first open night of their new incarnation, something happened at Hell House LLC's uh, newest location, which left 15 tour goers and all but one staff member dead. <clears throat> Authorities have since only said that an unknown malfunction occurred that resulted in their deaths. And what's so, really cool yeah, is- It's so difficult to write Wikipedia entries, right? Yeah. Especially for something like this. Like you're just totally. messing up how, your tenses. Yeah, how can you do it? I didn't get 15 people, 16 people dead from watching the film. What you do get, and it starts quite, quite cleverly, I think, with like bystander shot footage of going into one of these like American haunted houses. We don't, we're starting to get them at theme parks, but we don't really get these experiences yeah, okay. here in Australia. And everyone's really excited and they go into this like haunted house and it's pretty good. There's like spooky clowns and all this shit. And then something happens down in the basement as they're trying to go downstairs, but everyone's trying to go upstairs. Yes. And then the footage kind of cuts out and we find out someone had uploaded this footage to YouTube before authorities took it down. There was also a 911 call that was leaked to the press, which didn't really explain too much. Basically, something scary happened in that basement. We don't know what happened. And authorities have said it's an unknown malfunction. And everyone's like, well, clearly that's not what happened. Yes. And the town agreed to cover it up, which is just another detail that I found just completely, certainly wrong and certainly impossible that I found really frustrating from a found footage perspective. Like, Because if we're telling a... um, more straight up and down form of storytelling. Like, hey, we're in a kooky world, fantasy mm. world. It's like, yep, yeah, fine. 
But if you're doing like news footage and stuff, being like, oh, the town all agreed to cover it up. It's like that that doesn't actually mean anything to say the town agreed to cover it up. And uh, the I think there's one suggestion that the, that the police is subject of gag orders and everyone in the town is subject mm. of gag orders. And it's like, well, the, not to be too technical on it, but, you know, if you're going to call your film LLC, you've got to expect your corporate lawyer to come in and get involved with it. Um, gag orders are pretty difficult to get. And you can't just get in because everyone's a little bit awkward about the deaths at Hell House. So the documentary crew, led by producer Diane Graves, who's basically April O'Neil. Yes. From the Ninja Turtles. With a f- more foul mouth, but yes. But her whole Although thing is like- the Ninja Turtles movie, April's like 16 years old. Oh, really? Mm. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so- She's early 90s April. Right, okay. Early 90s April, who's like just trying to get a scoop. Yep. Going, I'm going to get this scoop. Something happened in Hell House LLC. But it's urgent for her like three <laughs> years later, <laughs> which is really weird. Yeah, she's like, guys, I've got to get this scoop. It's yeah. been, it's been, yeah, fucking it's been come on. six years. <laughs> anyway, so the documentary crew, led by producer Diane Graves, interview people familiar with the case including a journalist who broke into the hotel a few years after the incident, taking photos which fanned rumours of something supernatural behind the tragedy because there was some blood on the walls and they're like, well, what malfunction results in blood? And I'm like, well, probably a lot of mechanical malfunctions. Yes, but also it's like a horror house with props designed to look like blood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you can't even draw the distinction between what blood was caused by the tragic events and what blood was part of the props created as part of the haunted house, which is designed to look scary in any case. So the crew manages to track down the sole surviving member of the Hell House staff, Sarah Havel, who provides them with footage shot in the lead up to the tragedy. And they're like, what's on this footage? She's like, I don't want to look at it. I can't remember if they ask, why didn't you give it to the authorities? Uh I don't think she has a good answer, but it's a very specific, like, yeah, fucking here it is. Yeah. Remember she had, like, it's in that little black bag of, you know, fucking here's the footage. And but, so but from- like, not to gloss over that, it is an odd, like, well, yeah, why? Like, why? Why didn't she give it to the police? So this is where the film kind of gets complicated. So mm. it is a documentary led by producer Diane Graves. Well, no, is- it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but oh, we will get there. We will get there. We will get there, right? We will get there. So it's a documentary led by Diane Graves who is interviewing people who know about the case and has now tracked down the sole survivor and they've interviewed her. She's given them the tapes. Now we start watching the tapes. So from here, the film becomes the tapes. Like, yeah, like an hour, an hour and a bit of the tapes. Now, Havel's tapes document the crew's arrival at the dilapidated Abaddon Hotel, complete with what every found footage film needs. Yes. That first scene of everyone in the car being goofing. like, Hey, Pete, are you goofing in the car? Oh, just having a goof. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on up the front? Yeah. Hey, Pete, woo, hey, Pete, I'm going to stick my head out the window. No, Watch this. Don't stick. Oh, no, that's too close. Stop that. No, be safe. Oh, and then, and then it's like, so, bitch. Tell me about, like, all these rumours of strange things happening in this town. Uh, going to. Come on, we're stopping for lunch. <laughs> Who wants to get a sandwich? <laughs> Shane, um, tell me about your girlfriend. <laughs> I actually want to kiss as well. Oh, Ooh, there like is. That. There's, like. Yeah. There's, like. A- Absolutely fucking disgusting treatment of women in this film. Um, even the basic dynamic of the. Like five dudes, one one femme identifying person, apparently femme person at this house, um, and the leering zoom in with the camera 
Yeah, so so there's this one character. So yeah, so 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 and and the the one the one woman who's part of Hell House LLC is actually just the girlfriend of the guy running. The movie. Just the girlfriend, and like we say that because that's what the film tells us to say. And there's this there's 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 all these moments where it's like I guess they're meant to be like they're meant to be assholes, but it's just a weird thing to write. Like if I was gonna write an asshole dude who treats women badly, I still don't think I'd write this line where he's like. I just thought this, 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 you know, this trip would be a chance for me to like get with the ladies, but there's only one girl here and the boss doesn't like to share, if you know what I mean. And it's like, who? Like, it's just, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I get you're trying to ride an asshole, but it's a weird thing to ride. It's like absolutely fucking disgusting for it even to occur to someone writing the film. Like to me, and that's, that's the real problem with a line like that. Because it's just a little throwaway. Like, oh, this guy's a bit of a dickhead. He made this comment. And it's like, in order to make a comment like, to conceive of a comment like that as a script writer, you have to at least have that thought available to you of women are property. Yeah. Right? And they are property to be dealt with however you'd like, including by forcing them to sleep with your friend. Because there's also the moment where that character then, with his camera, because obviously they decide this company has decided to document the creation of this new hell house mm. outside of new york and they they sort of explain that they have a company that was super successful in the city but now they found this amazing location and word of mouth is going to make it even more successful it feels like it's a like year on year new locations is sort of what i sort of got from them and also like again running a business i'm, I'm like i don't want to get and it, it doesn't get like you're right it does talk about the business but you run a haunted house in a place like new york which i think has a very concentrated population yeah a lot of foot traffic yeah and just uh, like a lot of young people who are ready to go out like living in small places ready to go out all the time ready and you already did all this fucking construction work last year you have an amazing house you could probably repeat it again because halloween only happens once a year like change three props or repaint and and it's the sort of city where there's new people in the city every time and he's like i've got a better idea let's go to a remote location and it's somehow going to be more successful because of word of mouth and it's your classic Steve Jobs. Like, we're meant to think of him as, I think we're meant to think of him, think of like Adam or Alex or some boring white guy name. We're, we're meant to think of them as someone who thinks of themselves as a Steve Jobs type person. Of like, I've got a vision. Come and get on board with me. Um, I, I've already figured out how this is going to be a success. So don't you, don't you believe in the project? Don't you believe in the dream? Why wouldn't you? Because I've proved it's going to be a great success. And they're in, they're in this house and, you know, they're doing all this work for this founder. And, you know, again, with this guy, like there's so many scenes, including a scene of this guy with his camera. And so they're filming the whole thing because they're filming. This is the new Hell House LLC. And so everyone's filming. And, you know, one of the, this, this gross guy who's like, he doesn't like to share his girlfriend, goes up to their room, finds the girlfriend in a state of, you know, undress. So it starts like filming her butt. And we're just looking at her butt. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, fuck off. And the owner's like, fuck off. And he's like, come on, we're doing all this work. Like you owe us. And it's really weird, right? And it's not the first time this happens in the film. Yeah. And it's just really weird. And it kind of goes back to my like, I'm not saying the way to, like I am not saying the way to rectify this is to turn the tables. But I'm just saying there's never an equivalent scene where someone's zooming in on someone's dick. There's never an equivalent scene where it's like, come on, show me a package. It just doesn't, it's like, it's like going back to X where it's like, it's so unfair that Kid Cudi didn't get his dick out. Yep. Because Mia Goth had to be like totally naked for like most of the film. Yep. And it's like somehow their characters were treated the same. Anyway, so, so, so that aside, that aside, mm. 
these this crew are like building this thing together. There's there's simmering tensions, including you know the characters being like fucking horny and gross, and also the fact that this is an untested. But like they had a successful model, yes, and now they're completely upending the model to do this because the founder believes somehow this is going to be more successful. Yep. So Havel's tapes document the crew's arrival of the dilapidated Abaddon Hotel where they go to work setting it up for Halloween. Each begins to experience, uh, again, Wikipedia, each begins to experience unexplainable events, but Alex, the CEO of the company, is determined to press on. Yeah, and I actually think probably credit to Wikipedia. That's like That more or less summarizes it. We see a succession of jump scares that are, that are well orchestrated. And, and, and what's interesting to me as a viewer is that it sort of brought me to a place of the making of this film was almost a very direct parallel to the creation of the haunted house mm. of like I almost felt in filmmaking of like, oh, we're helping solve problems of like how do you do a jump scare without spending any money or without any like scary monster effects. And the way they do it I think is reasonably effective of you have these mannequins that apparently move around by themselves but you can't afford to film them moving or do animatronics or CGI or whatever. And so you have them in one position in the continuous shot. And as the shot continues, oh, fuck, now they're in some different position. And there's one version where there's a mannequin sitting at a piano. Yes. And you can hear the piano playing. And as they get closer, they hear the piano playing. But when they get there, there's just the mannequin. And they're like, where's the person? And then when they turn their back, it plays again. And they're like, fuck. And that's great, effective, cheap. Like, and you sort of feel like you're in the streets doing, sorry, not in the streets, but you're doing like guerrilla filmmaking with them. And you're almost being like, yeah, okay, this is pretty impressive, cheap way to make a found footage film. But thinking about it now, this is an 83-minute film, and I reckon 15 minutes of the film is people being like, hey, Peach, you definitely moved that mannequin, didn't you? Yeah, I'm like, no, no, I didn't move it. Oh, someone's nah, tricking us. shut up. You moved the mannequin. No, you tricked us. Stop tricking us. Stop tricking us. Let's get out of here. Tensions are rising. Oh, no, you wait, the mannequin moved while well, we're both looking at it. Oh. That's like so, like, it's yeah. the, yeah, and it's kind of like, okay, yep, cool. And none of them are that scary. There's one moment with a scary girl, and I think they're going to explain it when yeah. one of them disappears. But even then, anyway. That's, that, that was the one that got me. That was the scary one for me of the, like, there's a scary girl in my bedroom. Oh, gosh. But then it was weird. I'll hide under my – so I'll record. So, I mean, this is, this is the massive challenge of found footage, right, of, like, I will film her and then film me pulling the bed sheet over where I am and I'll continue filming without moving the camera. Yeah. yeah. And I'll breathe heavily and I'll just build the tension for six or seven seconds. And then yeah. I'll flip the bed cover up again in order to see what's on the other side. Yeah. And then I'll push stop recording and I'll just stop recording just as she appears. Yeah. And it's like just the suspension of disbelief required to think that that's what happened is challenging. Well, this is wild, right? Because we've never covered a film really together where we watched it together. Yep. You know, and you, uh, a big part of this podcast is you don't like horror films. Yeah. But as someone who's now analysed so many, mm. it seems like you were watching it with an analytical eye rather than a scaredy cat eye. I think that's a big part of protecting yourself against freak. Okay, gotcha. As well. So remember how we zoomed out so it's on the desktop? Yeah, yeah. I'm watching a work of creativity. Yeah, I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about this with Shag after this. Yeah, yeah. what are some funny jokes I can yeah. make? What are some criticisms yeah. I can make? Yeah. Mm, yeah, what are they doing here? What are they trying to do there? Oh, yeah, how much time's passed? Oh, yeah, the last time I checked uh, was seven minutes ago. That's interesting. Seven minutes have passed. That felt quick, whereas the most recent seven minutes the past felt slow. Yeah, yeah, my, oh, yeah let's check Instagram stories. Make sure we're doing an Instagram story for this. Everyone's loving the Instagram stories. Like, 
I was not giving this movie my soul attention yeah. in order to protect myself from being freaked out. Like we're in the late afternoon now and when the sun goes down, I would have found this a much more challenging film to watch. Hugely good point. We're sitting here going, ha, oh, ha, oh, production values, ha, oh, ha, oh, that's how you do it cheaply. Oh, oh, contact lenses in that, you, mm. you, you know, in that spooky woman. Um, there's a degree of self-protection in that. There's a degree mm. of Peach trying to insulate himself from the more profound spook-out impacts of potentially watching a horror film. So as these scary things start happening, they start investigating the hotel. They realize something happened here. And in fact, it used to be owned by a character who becomes part of the extended Hell House LLC universe, whose name is Andrew Tully, who worships Satan. And he formed a satanic cult that existed at the hotel. And then, because this is a very quick Wikipedia synopsis, the footage then details the paranormal forces behind the death. So what then happens is this, this footage then takes us up to that bystander footage that we started the film with, but takes us behind the scenes, takes us underground. We don't see everything, but we see some scary people in robes who seem to cause a lot of people to hang themselves. Yes, and there's a lot of pause and like... Yeah. And is, it, is that the end of the Wikipedia plot synopsis? No, no, there's, there's quite a bit more uh, to go. Okay, yes, right. sorry, you're right, there is the... Because keep in mind, keep in mind, so we have the documentary by Diane, mm. then we've watched all of their footage, yeah. we're back to the documentary... Remember, back to the footage we've already seen, aren't we? We then rewatch that original. We then rewatch that original footage with some stuff interspersed to be like, okay, so this is what happened. Yeah. We then go back to Diane's film. Yes. That is this film, kind of. But we only, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Sarah, who is the who is the girlfriend, the objectified girlfriend, who is the only survivor. Yes. Asks for a break from filming and tells Diane she will be in her hotel room. If the team have more questions. In what room? Room in 2C. Room 2C. She also suggests the crew should break into the Abaddon to see for themselves what happened inside. Mitchell, a member of the documentary film crew, stays behind to catalogue Sarah's footage. He sees something that deeply disturbs him but is hidden from the audience and tries to call Diane but cannot get through, which is funny because we must have seen a cut that is not hidden from the audience. Yes. So what he sees on the footage is Sarah tries to escape but is beaten to death with the camera. But we've just seen Sarah being interviewed. That's right. Right? So That's an irritating moment, but yes, I continue. Meanwhile, Diane and her cameraman break in because Diane and her cameraman then go to the hotel to be like, we're looking at this girl Sarah, and then are like... Well, yeah, they go to like a normal living hotel. Like, she's in room 2C. Who's in room 2C? Yeah, and like the, the person behind the hotel is like, I'm going to tell you everything about our guests. Yeah, but oh, yeah, Sarah, vlogs <laughs> here. No, we haven't seen That's like, no, I think someone in room 2C is like, no, we haven't room It's room like, do you want her credit card details? Like, what yeah. do you want to <laughs> like, Do you want us to let you into the room? You guys. Look, script writing, like, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I've written a good script. Like, I'm not coming at this from the point of view of saying I'd make a better horror film, though I probably would. <laughs> Come fucking find me, executive producer who have a good idea but it's just really shit and dumb and it's irritating to watch because you're like so what's so funny is Mm. six years after the event they can't find Sarah but they're like we need to break into the hotel right now yes and we're gonna get to yeah we'll come back to it go 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 so they break in and see the aftermath of what unfolded that night which I think is tricky because, again, it's designed to look like a place where people have been killed. And so, like, and then six years later as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
it's like, oh, there's so spooky shit. And then six-year-old evidence of something shit. That's like, well, what are you going to learn six years later? So they go to the second floor where they see a room labeled 2C, the same room Sarah said she was staying in. When they enter the room, they find Sarah sitting with her back to them. Yep. Diane and a cameraman go in to ask her what happened. A man with a robe appears, the door closes, they scream, cameras dropped, and they're attacked by the ghostly figures. Yes. And here in this Wikipedia synopsis, it says, it is revealed that what Mitchell saw while cataloging the tapes was a possessed member of the Hell House staff killing Sarah. She has been dead the whole time they had been speaking to her, and there are, in fact, no survivors. And, in fact, through the film that's not in this Wikipedia synopsis, mm. there's often shots of Sarah just staring at a wall, Blair Witch style, being like, blah, blah, like speaking in tongues sort of thing. Yep. And it's, it's a reasonably effective piece of craft, right? Well said, yes. But a lot of it doesn't make any sense because I'm it, like, it doesn't what is- stand to any logical plot-based analysis. It can only stand as a um, <clears throat> if its goal is to elicit jump scare responses. I think its success is at least partial, at least partially successful. There's one really good jump scare with the girl in the bedroom. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting, you, you know, moving the moving the dummies around the house, moving the mannequins around the house. Like, I, I, I think there's some genuine success to that. But, but I think where it fails the most is in being clear about its universe. So two things. First of all, what is Andrew Tully's mission? Yep. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill all these people at this. Well, I'm going to kill a lot of people at this haunted house experience. Yeah, to open the gateway to hell, I and, guess, is what I would like the end of that sentence to be. But. And then... Somebody's investigating it, so I'm going to send out a ghost to then kill two of the people investigating it. But also, do you remember, and sorry to get distracted, do you remember Alex was like, don't tell anyone like this dude was murdered here? And it's like, surely the exact opposite is true. Yeah. Because he's almost like, oh, we don't want people to be too scared <laughs> to come to the Guys, house. this is a haunted house. And we what, can't- the, what the synopsis fails to reveal is that Alex, hangs, Alex dies by suicide. We're left to assume... Or that he's like demonically encouraged to, to die, to by, die suicide. by suicide. So, 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 yeah. So, but then, but then, mm. but then, mm. the, 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 I guess the thing that breaks the entire experience is at the end. So they die, the cameras are dropped, and a title card comes up and it says, To this day, the tragedy at the Abaddon Hotel remains a mystery to the public. And it's like, but this film literally just showed what happened and it's a film that was released to the public. Yeah. So it's like, but but no. So you've just completely broke, like for the sake of having a spooky ending to be like, and nobody knows what happened. It's like, bitch, we just saw this happen. You, you told us this. Yeah, anyway. Um, well, who, like, but then who told us this? Because then someone's like, I found the documentary maker's tapes. I do like, I do like, and you're right, they do explain something about Andrew Tully's point. He did want to do something with Hell because he realised that Abaddon is the name of like yes. one of the 80 demons mm. uh, that we know from the Pope's exorcist mm. that Russell Crowe is coming for, so watch out. And he guards the Hellmouth, Buffy uh, shout out. And so this town was named after a demon, so therefore haunted cult in the, in the town. So, look, I've now watched a horror film with you, Shag. It was a fucking awesome experience. It was a shit film. Maybe the next time we can watch a good one together. 
Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?